Hey everyone, thanks for stopping by. In this episode, we're going to be talking about what karma is, what it isn't, and how it's affecting you whether you're aware of it or not. That's coming up next. You're listening to the Wizard Factory Audio Podcast, streaming now from Spotify, iTunes, and other major platforms. Back to the channel, everyone. My name is Logan Hart. And I'm Brian Easterday. And you're listening to the Wizard Factory Podcast, where you subscribe for weekly videos exploring deeper understanding of the universe and ourselves. Uh, if you're new to the channel, hit that subscribe button. We got new videos every week. Brian sitting in a lovely outside setting. That's a, a nice change of pace. He's uh, currently kind of in between in the process of moving. So you know, I know the picture might not be quite the, quite as good, so you know the viewers uh, appreciate you bearing with us. But I, I think this is going to be a really solid episode, regardless. So yeah, and let's get into today's topic. So uh, karma is definitely one of those things that it's a very common word to hear, but few people really have a very decent grasp on what it actually means. And it's fair. There aren't. Uh, there, there are really a lot of kind of nuances to it that are important to understand. But understanding it is is so. I mean, beyond crucial, it's 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 fundamental to being a human being that that is living righteously. That you know, for the objective goodness and the benefit of all. And you know, um, so that we decided it was time to you know do a whole episode on this. And really dive into it because it's a very beautiful topic, and um, we're going to look at sort of the the objective and the subjective aspects of of karma or what could be called cause and effect, cons- consequentialism, you know, natural law, moral law. Uh, these are all different things that are kind of talking about the same thing, but as as you'll see as we get into there's kind of different ways that you can take when somebody's mentioning karma, it could be from more of the objective or the subjective uh, perspective. So, Right. Yeah. So, you know, like Logan said, this is a subject we've kind of, we've, we've, you know, mentioned in the show before, but we haven't really like dove into. So karma is one of those things that I think a lot of people, especially here in the West, really misunderstand. And again, a lot of that goes to our different, you know, our societal programming, like we're really coming from a a Judeo-Christian society in the West. And karma is a a very Eastern philosophy. It's a, a polytheistic, an animist, a pagan philosophy. So as we've talked about on the show before, you we've re- we've really highlighted you know the differences between between these different mindsets and why they're so fundamentally different and why you, you can't really mix them you can't take a a monotheistic worldview and try to understand pagan uh mythology and things like that because you're you're operating from a foundational uh assumption and filter that you know is is going to be blocking you from from being able to receive that information had had you been operating from the foundational worldview of of the animist mindset so that being said, the foundational worldview of the animist mindset, and, and this is like this is what everything else is built off of. So like this this is on our show, this is our foundational assumption, like this is the foundation of everything that we build off of. And it's that we're the universe learning about itself. 
you know, like we're the questions and the answers, we're the problems and the solutions. Like we're the universe experiencing itself for the purpose of gaining awareness, you know, and, and constantly expanding. So when you look at it from that perspective, if knowledge of, if, if raising your consciousness, if gaining awareness is the, the foundational purpose, the goal behind why everything is existing, that's when you can see why natural law and karma start to come into effect. These are the, the teaching processes through which we learn these lessons. So if you're, you're, you as a soul are choosing to incarnate, to have uh, specific kinds of experiences, you're, there's certain kinds of like lessons and goals and things that you want to achieve. And then there's, there's a certain kind of life path that you can walk that will give you those experiences in order so you can learn those lessons. And then you just reincarnate and then, you know, learn, you know, learn new ones in the next life. You know, that's kind of the general understanding in all pagan and polytheistic cultures. So when you're looking at it that way, it, you, it removes this idea of like karma being this kind of punishment thing that a lot of Western people say it on, you know, they'll say, Oh, karma's a bitch or I hope they get their karma. That, that's really showing that they have this kind of monotheistic worldview of karma that it, it's like this punishment thing. It's nothing like that at all. It's that you are choosing to experience certain things so that you can gain certain lessons in order to raise your awareness. Like that's, that's the gist of it. So even if you do something wrong, because remember we've talked about free will is another very foundational thing in the universe. So the ability to make a mistake is part is just as much as part of the learning process as not making a mistake and doing it the right way. Like they're both equally as important. So even if you're doing something that is going to have an, a negative effect, you know, um, it's not necessarily maybe morally wrong, but you know, if, you know, th this can apply to a lot of situations, you know, you could use it, you could mishandle a tool by accident and end up injuring yourself. You didn't do anything morally wrong, but karma was still at effect there because you were, you know, there, there's an, a cause and effect dynamic, which we'll get into in a minute. But these experiences, you know, say, say you have done some things, you made some mistakes. Well, say you go into, you know, you die and then you go in the Norse tradition, we talk about Helheim, you go into the, the, the realm of self-reflection where you're looking at the experiences you had, like, kind of like a, like a life review period. That'd be a really good, really good way to put it is uh, it's like a life review period. So then you will then go, go through this and look at the things that you, what you did learn, like the positive things that you learned, like, okay, yes, yeah, so I got these lessons. These, these were my goals. These are what I achieved. Uh, these are some things that maybe I didn't do so good on. So then in the next incarnation, you then choose to experience those more through different, through different experiences. So you can then continue to gain more and more lessons. So this is kind of the general foundational assumption or idea that the animist or polytheistic tradition is looking at karma through. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so you just described kind of more the subjective uh, aspect, the individual, the personal idea of karma. Right. And, and that's where, like you said, um, you know, karma is only a bitch if you are like you're you're it, it's it's more about your free will and your choices and what is going to be reflected back to you through the universe. It, it's ironic, like you were saying, like the universe is is trying to is, is trying to like learn about itself. Well, that's what we are, too. Like we're that microcosmic manifestation of that larger the universe is trying to know thyself therefore mm -hmm. we should be reflecting that 
because we're the conduits right. for which it to do that very thing. Mm-hmm. So it, it really is a very beautiful process. And I mean, it's, it's not that you're being forced to do it, but it's what's good for you. So why wouldn't, that's why when, when I talk about the objective good, that's what I'm talking about is things like being healthy, you know, li- like living your soul desire. Those aren't just opinions. Those are objectively good things. And someone who thinks that they're not good, they're sick. They're mentally ill. What And mental illness is, you know, is a separation from truth or where your mind is unable to see things for what they really are. So, I mean, the, right. the proof is in the, the proof is in the pudding there for you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, kind of looking at more on the objective side, uh, th- this is kind of a different approach, whereas it's not so much about your choices and what you're doing and, and the experiences that your soul is desiring to have. It's more about the mechanical almost element to the universe and the way it works by everything runs by way of laws that are, are dynamic laws. So it's almost kind of like gears run, running in a clock. It's big of, it's, it's part of this bigger system, but everything is set to a certain time signature so that everything is in balance and that freedom can truly be what it needs to be where, you know, that balance of you can choose good or evil, you can create, or you can destroy. I mean, these are all, we're meant to have these choices because we're learning by way of making the wrong ones, how to make the right ones. And then taking back to what I just said, what I mean by the right choices is that which is objectively good for you, that which your soul is trying to achieve. And it's only your poisoned mind that's trying to get in the way and stop you from doing that. But to expand more on the subjective nature, it really is like just the the scientific cause and effect, you know, the, the dynamic laws governing the direct and indirect results caused by an event, whether circumstantial or intentional. So the event is something that sets something in motion, right? It's, it's something that happens that has like this energetic shockwave that ripples out like a ripple effect. And that that is then going to influence all of its peripheral constructs whether, you know, physical or otherwise. And so Mm -hmm. um, that event is playing out according to the laws and the the variables that were input based on everything that that made that what it is. Like if it was a storm, it was what was the temperatures and what direction was the wind blowing and, you know, like all elevation and atmosphere pressure and all this kind of stuff. So you're seeing this event play out and that could be something that just happened that, you know, was an effect of like the wind blowing, you know, there's millions of things that happen to make the wind blow that, that, you know, like the whole butterfly effect that flaps its wings and, you know, like, it's like that where everything is so connected. And when you're on like the plant teachers, or if you're in heightened meditative states or something like that, shamanic states, you're able to really feel and, and be aware mm-hmm. truly of that interconnectedness of all things and and that's really where where they meet is through all those variables bouncing off each other and the fact that we were able to evolve on this planet in 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 middle the middle of outer space the variables are so astronomical like you know 
That's mm-hmm. really beautiful to think about. But yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll let you reflect on that before I continue. Yeah, no, no you, you had a lot of good points there, but I, I really think to definitely summarize it, you know, it, it, it's important to, like, as you talked about in the beginning, look at both that subjective and the objective. So where I was talking about the subjective of the individual, like w- us wanting to learn about ourselves, us wanting to experience and grow, like mm-hmm. that's why we're doing it. And then, you know, where natural law uh, comes in, karma comes in, cause and effect, that, that is how we actually go about it. So there's like the why and the how behind it, you know, so, but, you know, and then when you start looking at, uh, you know, just the, the amazing intricacy and like all the wonderful synchronicities, like, like you were saying, I mean, just think of just even our planet, like the way it's like positioned in the perfect, the perfect kind of way to be able to like sustain life on this planet, you know, or even each one of us, like think of, all the crazy little coincidences that you've had in your life that have led you to where you are, Mm -hmm. you know, and then think of, you know, and then, you know, for your birth to happen, you know, and for your parents to both go through the lives and all those things to line up. And then you think about through human history, all those little variables that lined up to the creation of you, like, like each one of us really is like a little miracle. And there, there is a, like such a beauty in being able to like recognize and see like that extremely complex connectedness but it's a great way to observe complicated simplicity as we've talked about before because you mm-hmm. you can see just how complex it is but the simplicity of it is that it's all connected you know that we're that we're all learning we're all part of the all you know there, oh, yeah. there, there's a lot of beauty in seeing both of those dynamics and you need to be able to see both to really have that that holistic perspective like that's what awareness is is being able to see all all the different parts and then be able to like have a a dis, use discernment to to find a balanced perspective from there. Right. This just hit me, man. You're going to love this because this is one of your, you know, personal concepts, but with the complex, complicated simplicity, um, there's a reason that this is kind of a top down perspective of this concept. It's not simple complexity. It's complicated simplicity. Yeah. Complicated is the adjective. Simplicity is the noun or the, isness the the beingness of what it actually is the the higher tier of truth that you attain in your awareness the more simply you can explain it because the 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 bottom is the complexity it's like the pyramid where every when you get to the top the highest truth that there is is that everything is one right and that's the simplest thing there that there is you can't you can't get more simple than one one is all I, I love that you picked up on that because, like, I've, I've, you know, over, you know, I probably came up with that con- concept, you know, I'd say about like eight years ago now or so, something like that, you know, maybe getting close mm-hmm. to that. It's been, uh, it's been a little while. Uh, and anyway, mm-hmm. I've told it to a few people and, like, they'll be like, well, why isn't it simply, you know, you know, they'll try to, like, switch the order around. And it's like, no, 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 like, just, just trust me. Like, you know, it's just, there's, like it just makes sense this way and like you know and then when i explain it you know it makes sense but there's there's definitely those elements to it but you know i i you know i challenge everybody out there like think about any situation in life like anything in nature you're going to be able to find that universal truth of that complicated simplicity there you know um you know and and if there's any examples that you guys can think of you know leave those in the comments below we'd love to hear your perspective on it as well yeah yeah, because like think about having a higher perspective. What does that mean? What is what are you attaining? Well, if if oneness is the higher truth, the higher you go, like if you're a bird flying up, you can see more in your field of vision. Your awareness is expanded, and everything looks more like one. If you if you mm-hmm. zoomed out and you can see the whole planet Earth, you see that we're all just this one thing, just floating through space. 
if you zoom out even further, like if you could actually do it and see all the galaxies and everything, you'd see it all like that. There's something yeah. about that bird's eye, higher perspective, yeah. having that oneness, you know, but, yeah. but at the same time, it's interesting that the higher you go though, the, the forest and the trees, the, the, the conflict, the complexity doesn't diminish. It doesn't cease to no. be what it is. Every tree yeah. is still an individual tree, no matter how much of the forest you can see. Yeah, it it's only gets just, more complex. And that's where people <laughs> get, get caught up sometimes in their thinking is that they, they start getting too attached to this. Everything's one that they forget that there's boundaries and that there is a need for separation and that there is a, a very spiritual battle of, of, you know, good and evil or however you want to look at it right. playing out. And you you can be aware of both concepts simultaneously, and that's the real mind yeah. thing. Yep. It's, it's not either or. It's not. both at the same yep. time, even though they seem to conflict. Right. Well, and it's you know we can see that even even on the microcosmic uh, level, we see that like with the individual. Like think of your own mind. Uh, mm-hmm. One of your thoughts may be very different from the other thought. You might have a happy thought. You might have an angry thought. A good thought. A bad thought. You're right, you know, but it's that, all you. That's the same thing. It's all you. It's the same thing going on, like in the mind of the all. Like the universe is not all love and light. Yes. Nope. There's darkness and anger and hatred and all those other, you know, brutality and violence. Those are all just as much a part of our existence and our learning experience and as all what? the love and light. As above, <laughs> so below. If there's if there's all those monsters and nasty things all all about in the in the universe that that is all within you as well and the idea is to not i mean pretending it's not there is is helping you or anyone else um you know and, and this is kind of a concept that i've been more kind of coming more and more into like for example when we we did the joker breakdown and there's that line yeah. towards the end about they think we won't go werewolf and go wild mm-hmm. it's he's that's the thing is he's not denying that part of himself he he right he understands and you know obviously i'm not saying that like his actions were were good but the point is the way that it was playing out is that he discovered that Mm -hmm. he could channel that rage into something and that his destruction was creative like we just Mm -hmm. covered on an order and chaos episode I think that's one of the best episodes we've done in a while. So yeah. for the viewers out there, if you missed that one, please get, go check that one out. I mean, we really nailed that one. But yeah, getting back to what we were talking about before, the, the, the objective laws being the learning system of the universe, that which is in alignment with, with harmony, this, this oneness that we're talking about, integration, right? Harmonious, right? Think of harmony. It, like two notes played together that harmonize together. Well, if they're uh, if they harmonize, that means they sound pleasant, right? You're 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 striking a chord, but those two notes are still the two notes. They didn't just become they became a chord. So there's that oneness truth. You call it a chord, and that's the you just lump them. Yep. You put a, a name to it, but they're still two individual notes that harmonize. What what that means scientifically for those who aren't music nerds like me. Um, is that the frequency of each of those notes is interacting. The, the peaks and valleys are lining up and interacting in a certain way that creates more complex, like geometric, like if you're looking at the cymetics and, and all of this, like the vis- visual observance of uh, sound waves and things like, I mean, it's, uh, it's such a 
amazing wormhole that you know not not a lot of people actually are familiar with but anyway such is when two people come together in a in a, a romantic relationship they're always mm-hmm. going to be individuals no matter what you can call yourself a couple and, and there there is that unity to the way that you you plan your life and you think about and this this is very relevant in this this particular episode because when you're in a relationship more than anywhere else you have to really think about or when when you're a parent also you have to think more than ever how your actions aren't just affecting you and you, mm-hmm. you have to be mindful of that and you have to show empathy of like it's not just about you and what's good for you and you have to take those that, and that and that's the idea is like learning about natural law is about if this then that that means that you're you're trying to predict the future in, in a way when you understand how things work then you can be more mindful and, and conscious and intentional with your actions because you're going to hone in on the the particular outcome that you're trying to go for and not be such a wreck and and have all this collateral damage senselessly that's that's a noob right you know what i mean nobody likes a noob yeah, one that, and that, that's that's intelligence. Like, what is intelligence? But it's it's the ability to recognize patterns and creatively mm. interact with them. So you're observing natural law. You're creatively interacting with it. So, like, you if you if you really want to establish true intelligence, understanding cosmic law, natural law is mm-hmm. a foundational must. Like, if yeah. if you don't understand it, you're not you're not really going to have true holistic intelligence it doesn't mean you're necessarily a stupid person or you're not you can't be capable of figuring things out but but for a true holistic like a truly aware perspective it's a foundational must right yeah because pattern recognition literally can be defined as if this then this that's that's literally what the formula is pattern (laughs) pattern recognition so yes that that's perfect perfect observation there so yeah and uh quick thing too i had you mentioned on the you you brought up the relationship example and that you know i just i just got done with that re, the the relationship astrology you know uh, course and certification so it, I, I like that you brought that point up because in there uh when we're taking you know and comparing two people's charts like there's multiple steps toward like the first step that you're doing is as you as you said you're assessing the individual because they are always going to be that individual and they're going to have their own complicated simplicity to them you know, so you're looking at each individual and then you take the two individuals and you like, you compare their charts together through like synastry. And then, you know, right. we, we also have like mixed shock that are comparing for Kuhn's course, but essentially you're, you're comparing the two charts and seeing how those energies uh, connect and interact, just like you were talking about with the sound waves, you know, and, and different and different, you know, musical notes and things that when they are in harmony, they interact very well. If they're mm-hmm. not in harmony, you know, it, it, what's, it creates disharmony. That's not, that's not very fun, you know. Uh, so that, you know, it's, that's very interesting. You can see that. And, you know, again, back down to cosmic law, one of the, you know, the cosmic laws that every, everything is vibration, you know, like everything is moving like sound, sound vibration. That's the uh, building block of everything. And that's why like music theory and music really is like such a, an excellent science for being able to observe and understand mm-hmm. natural law. That's, that's one area that I, I'm really glad that, uh, y- you know, you have studied in a lot to be able to bring that mm-hmm. knowledge and think that's, that's one area that I am not uh, nearly as familiar with, you know. Dude, that's crazy that you say that because literally just the other day I was thinking to myself, what is the trueness of the statement that I was feeling at the time that every human being should at least study basic music theory? It, 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 you know, and I was just kind of thinking in context to the quadrivium and how like the greatest thinkers mm-hmm. back in the day, 
they all had that super deep uh, understanding of music theory, you know, uh, sound, you know, uh, like the like I was talking about cymatics, like the harmonies and right. the the magic, the sort of like sacred aspect of music, uh, with you know geometry, mathematics, things like that. Um, yeah, super super fascinating, but uh, mm-hmm. so much so much correspondence to be uh, yeah. extrapolated from learning that music. And the, and the other thing too is I was just thinking about what Morpheus said in the Matrix, where he was when they're in the dojo. He was talking. He was teaching Neo about natural law. He said, "This in the Matrix, there are rules, uh, mm-hmm. but but some of them can be bent. Other ones can be broken. So, like for example, um, you know, with the with the two, two notes that harmonize, there are very objective, agreeable chords that that are okay. Like they they harmonize. They go. They're they're harmonic. They're meant to go together. And then there's notes that." kind of have what's called a, if they don't have a harmonic sound, they have what's called a dissonant sound, which means that they kind of clash with each other. But mm. music is all about tension and release. That's what makes music, that, that, right. that stirs your soul and makes you feel things. So, I mean, you can, we can even observe the pagan perspective here where, like, Christianity and, and this this kind of mindset is is so fear-based about it. anything. That, and my, my mom's an example. She she only likes, like, meditation music and stuff that's super, and she's uh, super soft and gentle and relaxing. And uh, she's very, very devout Christian, whereas like pagans, they have that holistic mindset. They appreciate the dark side. They love heavy metal and, and, and you know, like face paint and, you know, scary movies and things like that. They can they can appreciate it for what it is. And so like in that same way, uh, the, the more music is the more stirring music is going to be one that you can play those wrong notes but done in a certain way, a, a master who understands that bigger, that complicated simplicity, that bird's eye view of music, they can do it in a way, it's almost like chaos magic. You're, you're using that little bit of dissonance, right? But to create yeah. the positive charge and the effect is like, ah, oh, because then when you get the release and you hear those, those resolved notes, it's, it's so much more gratifying in the same way as like if, if you could just take a pill and get, you know, the, the Brad or what's it, the Chad bot or whatever, versus actually going and busting your ass in the gym, suffering for it. What would make you more right. proud of that body? You know? Okay. Right. No, I, I love either my, my fucking mind started going off. There was a, a bunch of different things. So, yeah. <laughs> first off, you know, like I, I love that, the idea between um, the, these notes that are like, like not quite chaotic, but but like you said, they, they add that tension there. Right. Yes. And then it makes that release that much better. You know, you, you could tie that in with like anything in the universe, but like I'll, as an, you know, I'll bring in some astrology into this, you know, we have like the planets like Saturn and Rahu, like what people will consider malefics that they, they kind of bring that tension. Like some of those like necessary, like unpleasant feelings or lessons, like sometimes until we learn that lesson and then, and then that release comes, you know, so when, when it harmonizes, then, then, you know, then it gets better. And that, but that, that makes the experience that much more uh, enjoyable. Uh, mm. And another thing that it made me think of, uh, especially in regards to music notes, and this just really goes to show you how much of a, a almost like a, a shaman or a channel that Tolkien was, was that in his uh, work, the Silmarillion, which a, a lot of people may not be familiar with, but it was kind of the, 
the prehistory of Middle Earth. And I, I won't get too nerdy on everybody, but anyway, in there he has a, a creation myth, uh, and he and he's explaining about you know how uh, it, it is through music, it is through the the song of Ilyvatar, like this one being who uh, is giving these other beings that he created different songs and themes to play, and then when they all play it together, that ends up creating the world. Well, one of the beings uh, who's like, you know, in there, I guess the, the original bad guy, Melkor or Morgoth, you know, uh, who was like Sauron's, you know, uh, original, I guess, like overlord or whatever. Uh, his music, he started kind of making this this music that was very much like he's trying to put his his own theme in there. He's trying to like overpower the others with the song. He was kind of making that that dissonant music, that kind of chaotic music. So this one being Melkor, you know, he, he ends up kind of creating this music or this theme that is very, you know, very chaotic, clashing with the, with the other themes, you know, that are very much working in harmony to, to create, you know, the world. And uh, Italy Badhar, you know, after a little while, like stops every, everything. And he says like, you know, oh, oh Melkor, like, oh, oh mighty are ye. But, you know, you, you'll see that like, e- even with as powerful as you are and, and everything, that in the end, your, your theme will only end up, you know, playing, playing to my glory. Which so so you essentially kind of see this, this understanding that that in the universe that even, even if we are kind of creating that chaotic element, you know, it, it still ends up being a, an extremely useful learning process. Like it still ends up enrich, enriching that experience in some way. So you know, it, it's just so funny that um, like, like like that that story like instantly just kind of popped in my head as soon as as soon as you were talking about that harmonizing. Um, or kind of disharmonizing between different uh, musical notes. Yeah, that's a that's a really cool um, little tie-in with the the Tolkien work there. Um, so let's see. We're talking about how everything is. You know, we're talking about the the learning system of the universe being the the sort of objective cause and effect aspect, where it's either affirmative or apophatic positive and ne- negative reinforcement. So essentially every event or action, you know, events are more neutral. Like a tree falls over, for example, Th- that just sort of happened. It, it, it might have landed on somebody, you know, and, and that would have been a chaos, chaotic thing. Or it might have fallen over and somebody was just waiting for, uh, you know, some some way to get the like cut it up and turn it into firewood and see it as a positive thing so that that one event just was it just sort of happened whether it it just you know got struck by lightning or somebody started to cut it down a long time ago and then it finally fell um you you see what i'm saying about the event sort of just being consequential versus an intentional action you know like you choosing to doing do something and uh, and then the whole premeditated versus kind of spontaneous and in the moment because you know the the way things play out in the objective perspective the universe isn't going to sit there and calculate well they didn't really meant to or they were trying to save such and such therefore the the outcome will be different it just it's it's like a camera lens it doesn't differentiate it's just going to take a picture of what's in front of it and and what you give is what you get that that's the objective aspect of it but then there there is a more personal aspect to the universe and the way that we can you know uh 
manifest things with our intentions and, and how like there's l- less karmic association with something if, if it wasn't intentional or wasn't aware, you know, in, in that way. So there, it, it's, it's not one or the other. It's both simultaneously. The way things are playing out, though, it does not – the universe doesn't care. That's, that's one thing that you need to, you know, keep in mind. Like people kind of uh, get this super like the angels are watching over me and all this kind of stuff. I, I don't necessarily subscribe to that type of, type of thinking. Like, it's imp- like think about it. It, it. We're all about sovereignty here. If you're not truly on your own, then how sovereign can you be? That's the, you know, again, coming back to like the parenting idea, if you're still like going around and, and like putting a tracking device on your kid's car or something like that, like you might be thinking that you have their best, best interest in mind, but just that you're, you're, you're not, you're taking some of their sovereignty away. You know, that's just how things work. Like you have to be completely responsible for yourself to be completely sovereign. Right. Yeah, that's a great point. So like looking at it, like everything happening around us is karma it, because it, in that consequentialism perspective, literally everything like the wind is blowing the trees behind you. Like we talked about that earlier, all the variables like the, you know, uh, the backdrop behind me is the effect of I happen to be on Amazon the right day looking for the right thing. And I found this and I ordered it and then poof, there it, it appeared in reality, in my reality, right? Mm-hmm. So everything is just, it, I took those actions and therefore this, this is what happened. I didn't have to buy that. I had the choice. So everything, you know, like for how I set up my office in here, everything is here because I, I put it there. I chose it, you know? Um, so mm-hmm. like looking at it like that, that everything is affecting everything else constantly all around. That's why change is a constant. That's what change is, is things are changing. And, and by them changing, they're changing everything else around them. But this is what we're supposed to be as human beings is changing into more conscious and moral human beings and therefore changing everything around, right. around us by proximity, by osmosis. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that, excellent. Uh, very, very well said for sure. That definitely is a a really good way to you know look at nature and see you know see that that change that's always happening. Uh, but even though like one thing may be shifting, it, it's constantly affecting everything else as well. And then mm-hmm. you know applying that to the human consciousness as well. And you know, and again, th- this is this is why we're animals. Why you're pagans? Because the the best the best. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, uh, you know, affirmative, apophatic positive and negative, every single thing you do is either a conscious or an unconscious or a subconscious choice that you made. Even to do nothing is a choice. Thank you, Rush. You know, just by sitting there being, it being is doing, what are you doing? You're being, you know what I mean? So the action that that's kind of, you know, always present. And so, um, evolving your consciousness is really just a, the simple process of, refining your behaviors and choices uh to to better bring about the experiences that you're going for in other words your you know your your desired outcome is to make a a healthy dinner with minimal cleanup then you you're going to learn how to not make as much of a mess whether it's not by dropping things or or how to kind of wash dishes as you go 
you know, things like that. But by dropping the dish and spilling spaghetti sauce everywhere, well, you you also just learned how how to not create the. Mm-hmm. And then there there is uh, another example of sort of as in the same way that destroying something is creating something also. Then mm-hmm. by by simply learning what not to do, you're better learning what to do also. I know what right. to do is not that. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, that that's a, an excellent point. That goes to show you that whether that is kind of the apophatic experience or that like positive experience, uh, there's a lesson in everything. And that just really shows you, like we talked about in the beginning of that foundational assumption, like what, what do we talk about? That, that we're all learning, like that everything is about raising your awareness. Like there's a lesson in everything. So that's why it doesn't matter whether you make the wrong choice or the right choice. Like you're still getting the lesson either way. It's just like, how, how rough do you want to make the lesson on yourself kind of thing? You know, but you know, but both, both of those are useful. You know, I'm definitely a person that I've, I've chosen my share of hard lessons to learn, you know, but I've got, I've gotten a lot of uh, great insight and wisdom of like, going through those really tough experiences, you know, and, and those help me relate to other people who are doing the same thing, you know? Right. W- one little kind of, uh, adage that I like to, um, apply in this is, uh, that all roads are leading to truth. It's just some, some people choose to take the more scenic route. Like either yeah. way, you're going to get the lessons at some point. <laughs> it's just, Oh, well, do you want to, you want to spend an extra, however much in gas or, you know, get dysentery on your way if if you're doing right. the trail. That's a great that's a great metaphor. Uh, that's beautiful. I love it. I, love I, got, it. I just gotta say, it was the worst idea ever uh, that I I always insisted on naming my Oregon Trail characters after my friends and family because it's like you think after a while I, I would learn the lesson that I was going to be mourning them and screaming their name out when they die of dysentery or you know, malnourishment or something like that. I just never, never learned it. Right. Well, and there was, uh, when we were talking earlier, there, there was another um, metaphor that, that you had used that was similar to that, that you were talking about uh, using uh, w- with a pool game. Uh, would you kind of like mm-hmm. to introduce that? Because I, I think that we can kind of like really pull, pull. you know, we were getting a lot from that before, so I, I'd like to get into that. So one little uh, analogy that I kind of came up with that I thought was a very profound way of looking at this whole dynamic. I was saying with pool, it's like that that one event, you know, is it's the ball and its trajectory and, and how everything is sort of all the variables pl- playing out. So being pulled back and released was the actual cause. And then the ball itself sort of represents that energy or that charge or the, even the intention that you put into what you're doing. Um, and then you're setting that into motion. And, and this is kind of like a magical act. If you think about, you know, Brian, you've said a couple of times, like you never know how your magic is going to play out. It's never going to mm-hmm. go quite the way you think it does. I mean, like this is the perfect depiction of that because think about it in pool you're you're taking your knowledge you have this this pre-existing understanding that would be your knowledge of natural law right in this case what what are the angles what is the the physics behind you know how fast the ball is going and what angle it's going to bounce off the wall and all this like that's your understanding of natural law which allows you to quote unquote 
predict the future, right? The outcomes, if blank, then blank. But you take your time in your planning phase and, and like the Sagittarius who draws his bow and really tries to not fire until he's right on the money. Once you set that ball in motion, again, it's kind of out of your hands. And then all you can do is sit back and let things play out and hope that it goes well, right? And hope that right. you, know, you, don't, you don't like, you know, sink the eight ball by accident or something like that. Because we're talking about this is a creative act, like the episode we did, Owning Your Magic, You're Creating Whether You mm -hmm. Know It or Not, is an episode that we did where, you know, again, your every action is a creative act, whether you're being destructive through your creation or, or you know, you're creating destruction or you're destroying by which creates, you know, a vacuum, whatever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like the, the feminine being the vessel, the receptacle of your intentions, like you said, that, that sigil that you're sort of charging with your intentions is the feminine to receive. You're, you're, it's holding mm -hmm. that in, that in that feminine ball shape. And then you're striking wow. it, that, th that masculine, th that thrusting mm -hmm. force, like a penis, you know, like just th like striking yeah. and thrusting, very forceful, but straight and direct and focused and intent that that's all right. that masculine creative force. And when mm -hmm. they come together, boom, that creative spark is set in motion. Right. And it, it's very, I mean, you know, the people who designed that, I, I believe, or you can argue with me about it in the comments below, if you like to, I, I you know, uh, I'm happy to, <laughs> but, but I think that whoever made the game knew the, they were probably very, uh, well-versed in the occult and, and understood that this was like creating the game of pool was, the an act of ritual you know creating an act of ritual right when you were uh you know i think it's another analogy because you're, you're looking at the different you can see them play between the masculine and the feminine in that act right, right. the, the yes. ball, that's like the feminine the kind of creative force so if you're if you're thinking about that that is your sigil that's your your intention your your magic act, like whatever effect you're right. wanting to send yeah. out into the universe the the pull stick that is the masculine. That's the action. That is where you're like your willpower. The charge is coming from, right? You know, the and, thrust. you know, you exactly. So, so once you hit that, it, it then goes, it goes out, it's gone. And that, and it brings up a good point that in magic for it to be really effective, you want to keep that in mind is that when you do something like kind of stop thinking about it, like that, that's mm -hmm. a really effective thing. Cause it's like, if you keep thinking about it, it's like you keep trying to like hit the ball again with the stick instead of just like letting it play out. You know, you just, right. you, right. you want to make it, that's why the first time, like getting that intention, getting that will very focused, very strong. So when you hit it, it it's, it's a very, it's a very solid impact. So it sends that charge, that sigil, that intention out, out into the universe mm -hmm. then to, to, to have a stronger effect. But it, it comes back to that point, like we were talking about earlier, when it, it's using that, that intelligence. So you're observing natural law, you're understanding that like, okay, so if I hit this ball, like with this much force at this angle, and then if it goes mm -hmm. to this one, like I want it to, then that should knock it into, you know, you're, you're trying to, like you said earlier, predict the future. You're trying to see the outcome with it, mm -hmm. but there's still that, that chaotic element that yes. you can try your best, but some things might not quite go exactly the way that you mm -hmm. had intended. So, you know, you see both as this feminine and this masculine, you know, at play here. Yeah. I, you could even look at it like, say, for example, uh, still symbolically uh your ball may have accidentally clipped a ball that you didn't intend on on its way to your target 
in the same right. way, say that you were trying to do something, say to like cut the funding off of some person that was really like messing you over and making your life hell. And, you know, you could consider this as an act of self-defense. I'm, you know, I'm, it, it's not violent, but you're, you're doing something to solve the problem that this person is unnecessarily causing for you. Right. So you're, you're sending that ball in that, in their direction, but guess what? Then, you, you know, they, maybe they have a kid that is going to suffer financially and they, they don't get to eat as well or whatever. This is just an example, but that was sort of that, unintended consequence well mm -hmm. you know you didn't intend for that to happen and you were trying to do something that was actually you know relieving uh something negative but th it's never that simple th this is coming back to that interconnectedness of everything mm -hmm. it's never going to be nice and neat and clean nothing ever is it's just not the way that this world works you know right so you right. know you should always try to do the right thing the best you can, but morality is not about perfection. It's a, it's whether, whether you're talking about in action, like the objective playing out things or in theory, like your intentions behind it. Ultimately it's about the least, least harm possible. And, and that should mm -hmm. be the ultimate goal where like you're doing your best, but you also accept that you can never be perfect. So you're willing to forgive yourself when, things don't play out or you hurt someone unintentionally, right? Because mm -hmm. you, you're still trying. It doesn't mean that you're like, you're not responsible. And that's, that's the, the that's the confusing thing about like this sort sort of objective and subjective interplay is when like the, the different uh, schools of thought when it comes to compassion and things where, where it's like, you know, uh, the very feminine uh, right brain tendency would be, you know, forgive and forget, live and let live, just sort of like, you know, well, you know, yeah, this mass murder killed all these people, but you, like he had a family and like they loved him. And, you, you know, like they're trying to see that oneness, that all encompassing uh, and sort of like see the why enough to uh, to almost sort of like excuse them for like, well, I, I don't, I'm not saying it's right, but I know why they did it. Right. That's the kind of idea versus the masculine mm -hmm. is, is still a hundred percent accountability. Like I can understand why and, and even like get it, like the mentality, you know, like in, in the movies when the bad guy explains their plot and then they say why, and or like the Joker, for example, is a is a perfect example of how right. I don't agree with him, but I still understand it, and I can see how. Well, yeah, it right. was just putting more pressure in the pressure cooker until it exploded. Like that's the the consequentialism, natural law aspect playing out is like that's just what happens. Dude, that's uh, that's so funny you you say that because I I just had um, remember telling you like I just had a uh, a person that I like grew up with like new since probably I was like about five year old. They, they just died the other day for, you know, they, they OD'd where they had, you know, they had got some fentanyl, you know, in their shit or whatever. And it ended up ODing. But the person, you know, I, I had not spoken to them in quite a few years because we had kind of like, you know, fallen out due, due to their life choices and things. But, you know, he, he was a person that he, he had, he had done just a, a lot of ter like terrible things. Like he just very much kind of had that kind of, thuggish like gangbanger life lifestyle you know where he you know he robbed people he beat people up you know like you know all, all these different things but at the same time whenever he died the other night you know i, I was i was kind of like thinking back you know on like uh, other memories that i had of him like one like when we were like little little kids you know before you're ever doing 
you know, like anything like that. And you, you're just an innocent little kid or just other, other times that like, you know, I, I had had encounters with him, you know, as a friend and, you know, and he had helped me out like in, in different things, you know, so, so nobody has ever, you know, it's never just this black and white thing of like, they're all bad or they're all, you know, or they're all good. Like it's this both, you know, like there, there's a mixture of things and I can recognize that like, yeah, it's really sad that he died, you know, and that even though he did like all a lot of terrible things, like there were some also like really beautiful things that he did in his life. But at the same time, that masculine energy can still recognize that like, well, yeah, you know, he made the choice to do those things. And like, even though it's sad, like that feminine energy can recognize that it, it, it was still like his choice. He still had free will. He's still responsible for what happened, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so, so, you know, it, you know, it's funny that you kind of like you, you brought up that example because it, it very much made me think of that. Cause that, you know, that just happened like a couple of days ago or something. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Like no person is all bad or all good and no, no individual action is all bad or all good. There's, right. there's going to be some varying ratio of good and bad as, as you see it. I mean, even, even good and bad or harm and not harm have a, a, an objective and a subjective aspect to them. Everything does. Right. So again, these are, these are nuances that do really, really matter and need to be looked at in, in context with everything. When you're looking at something like morality is very, very, nuanced and complex subject there are those simple mm-hmm. axioms that that sort of like overarch everything that it, that even a child can understand but then it's not always that simple you know what i mean right uh, so, you know so like just understanding that uh we can't know the details of how things are going to play out and you have to be willing to like you can't be crippled by fear and just never take action because you're afraid of oh what if there was something unintended that happened with that you know like that's the Mm -hmm. point you have to be a fucking warrior you have to set up and and be brave and just go for it and know that trust in your heart that as long as you're doing the best that you can that the overall outcome will mean that you're a a pretty good person right that you know we're not saying that we're talking about saints and sinners here We're, we're just saying like that a person who makes consistently good actions is a good person Right. But a mm-hmm. good person can turn bad. A good person can still do bad things like some guy who helps all these people and shares all this knowledge. And then he cheats on his wife or something like y- you can judge that action. But then does that destroy everything else that person has done? I, I don't think so. I, you got to take everything right. to fix value. Well, and with that good person, one of the things that even when they do mess up, it's the ability to recognize that you've done wrong and, and, and learn from that. Like, yes. and, and that's where you'll really, you really see that. So like I said, like we've said, yes. you know, both, both of these experiences, you know, good and bad, like they, they are, they're important for the learning process. Like karma isn't this like only negative thing that, Oh, you do this. So now the universe is going to give you this many lashes. Like that's, that's a monotheistic worldview. That's right. That's, that's how Jehovah punishes people. That That's right. not how a, a polytheistic concept like karma uh, operates at all. Like, you know, it's based off of the, the foundational assumption that like we are here to learn and yes. there, there's no learning doesn't happen from punishing yourself. It comes right. from recognizing and looking at your actions and then trying to do better. Oh, I'm so glad you brought this up because this is something I thought of this earlier and wanted to make sure I included in this because it's so, so spot on with all the different aspects of things that we're touching on that sort of 
seem like mm-hmm. different things, but they all play into what we're talking about here. This kind of like idea about the authoritarian parent that's, you know, like what do they always say when, when they're gaslighting their children about why they're abusing them, why they're doing something horrible to them? You know, yeah, it's for your own good. You, no, well, well, you need to learn that there are consequences, right? That's what oh. they say to them. Mm-hmm. But see, you being a tyrant is not a natural consequence, right? A natural consequence mm-hmm. is touch the stove, you get burned. You did that to mm-hmm. yourself. You can learn that and then say of your own free will, well, I know I don't like getting burned. Therefore, the solution to that is don't touch the hot stove. But but creating these artificial consequences aren't teaching your child anything other than obey or I will do bad things to you. Fear me and and, and conform or I will hurt you. That's not mm. true learning. That's mm. not true learning. And that's exactly what Jehovah does. There's it's it's one chance to get it right or you're banished forever, no second chances. And you know, and and you're like judged. It's it's this pass or fail thing too. That's another thing. It's it's not a relative good to bad. It's like you either make the cut or you didn't, you know, there is no, you know, in between place like on the the bad or the good place that show they have a medium place. <laughs> like there is no medium place. Like you're you're either in heaven or hell. And and mm-hmm. so yeah, like we we also wanted to touch on what also karma isn't. So it's it's right. great that you kind of already brought that up. Yeah, I like it. Well, and it just shows you that that black and white thinking where it has to be either or. It, it can't see both. It can't see the nuance. You know, and and that's how, and that's mm-hmm. how you know it's a religion that doesn't. You know, it's critical thinking and Christianity do not go hand in hand. And, and you know, it's not they're, observable. They're like you, you can't, you cannot apply critical thinking and still, and still end up being a Christian. It, it's just, you know, but I, I really like that part of the, of the kind of like the authoritarian parent of, of trying to impose these artificial consequences. Right. right. Cause I said so kind of thing. Right. Why, why doesn't that work? Well, it's because whenever you're doing that, you are actually cutting the child off from the opportunity to have the real lesson, the natural law yes. lesson that, inherent and built into the universe the same thing happened with government you know people are always talking about oh, we need the government to have the law so criminals don't do this what you're doing is you're creating an artificial system that actually is never going to work because you're cutting people off from the opportunity to actually have the experience feel the heat of the fire when they really touch bad it. right to fuck up really bad and then to learn from it you know yes. like and that's the thing you know Absolutely. like in in a natural law and like an, an anarchist society you know if if criminals are going around harming people, guess what? Well, they're probably going to catch a hammer pair in the tee box. Like then they're not <laughs> going to do it anymore. You know, like mm-hmm. it, it's, just, you know, it's just kind of like those harsh consequences. Like those, right. those are very useful for learning. And you actually, you as a spe- as an individual, as a society, as a species, we will progress much quicker when we tap into learning from cosmic law and we stop trying to pussyfoot around all the difficult lessons because we don't want to feel uncomfortable. Right. Right, man, you nailed it right there. And what does this environment create, which again, we were just talking about domestication. Domestication Ah. is what you get when you shield a group or a species or whatever, a class from true natural law and and the interplay, that that relationship between cause and effect. It, It has to be there or you are not just stunting, but absolutely crippling that beings or that group's ability to evolve. And that's like, right. 
just about the most evil thing that you could do to another being. Right. Uh, but yeah, but what that, that initiates that involution, you know, that process of like, oh, we're not evolving. So this, this is not working. This is not progressing forward. So therefore what happens, it, it must be that chaos must come in. The destruction must chaos come in in order to clear the way for something that will actually grow. You see that in a forest, right? If there's a dead tree, nothing can grow there if that dead tree's blocking it. So then uh, fungi and things, will they'll get rid of that tree. And then what does that do? That, that opens up room for the forest to continue to grow. Like nature yes. wants to grow. It wants to learn. And when that is not happening, when that stagnation happens, chaos and destruction come in as a way of clearing the path for new growth to happen. So good, man. Uh, loving it. So, uh, yeah, so what karma isn't, you know, just to kind of recap, is it's not a checks and balances system. It's not, mm -hmm. you know, a punishment system. It's not God's little tally on a whiteboard sitting there like, mm -mm -mm, another no-no. Like, that's... Your drill instructor writing your name in the hat, you know? <laughs> I can yeah, you remember that. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Exactly. It's, it's, you know, that's, that's how you treat a child that's literally not capable of making decisions for themselves. And again, this is how the government treats us. And most people are so brainwashed and, and self gaslighted that they will agree that people can't be trusted with freedom. That's why we need a slavery system so that we can be really free. And that's, that's mm -hmm. what the whole thing is built upon. So seeing, seeing that, Yes, honestly, like even from this morality perspective of least harm possible, the harm that is being done to people now and has been for fucking thousands of years is so much worse than the, the temporary harm that would come about if we removed all of the, you know, the, the coercive, violent systems of control from it, civilization, if you want to call it that. Things would get really bad for a while. Because just as if you kicked out a domesticated animal on the street, they might even die because you've literally re removed their equipment, their tools that they would need. You've, you've stunted them. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, like things yeah. would get pretty ugly for a while while humans be began to actually walk on their own two feet again and not be crutched up by some parasitic, you know, ruling system. But, but so, we need that to happen or we will, we'll, you know, we're going to continue well, to devolve, you know. Um, and, you know, right. so we, we need we need things to get shaken up, you know, because that, things that will not change pressure until we change. Is, it, exactly. That pressure is what's going to make us actually, you know, it puts the fire under your ass to actually want to do something, you know, mm -hmm. about yourself mm -hmm. and the world around you. And, and we need that. A right. lot of people need that motivation right now. Right, right. Yeah. So like karma is not always this negative thing. When, when you're a good mm -hmm. person, what I mean by that is objective good. You, you help yourself help others. That's really to me what, what we should all be trying to do. It's okay to be selfish as long as you're using that to help uplift everyone else in the process. Lift other people mm -hmm. with you rather than the, the, uh, you know, the dominator mindset, however you want to say it, that is all about just like cut destroy the competition right mm -hmm. you know uh that that is the fear mindset that that continues to sow those seeds that have bloomed into this this nightmare that we are currently looking at so you know what i'm saying is by osmosis generally if you live your life by sharing value 
and, and helping to solve people's problems, that is going to come back to you, right? It, you don't have to ask for it. You don't have to put it behind a paywall. You can, and that helps too. But that, the, the point is that when you give without scarcity, you're going to get back that abundance that you're, you, you know, because uh, people, people appreciate that. You know, this world is so horribly deprived of true warmth and human connection and co compassion that, you know, um, it, it may not always be appreciated. In fact, often, you know, many times it is not. When a person is that wounded, they literally can't see past that reptilian mindset of just literally what, what's in it for me. But some people, there are still good people that don't forget an act of kindness like that, and they will want to pay it forward. And, and, and mm -hmm. especially the more we adopt a mindset like that, the more abundance we will then create. And then that scarcity mindset will naturally become obsolete. And that's what we're talking about. That's the natural law process. You're, you don't have to force anything. You remove the scarcity and the scarcity mindset will, will just fall away. You don't have to fight the government and, and like burn the buildings down. You just have to make people understand that we don't need them anymore and that we, we can do better just by lifting each other up. The government will just literally blow away in the dust. Yeah, you know, and you know, again, that's one of the uh, it's a wonderful karmic lesson for us to all learn of why we why we don't need things like that. But you know, essentially, you know, I, I think that kind of gives us a good a good little summary of like what what we mean. You know, that you know, karma just isn't this white and black thing. As with many things we speak about, it, it's very nuanced. You know, there it, there's a lot of both going on, and and you really have to mm -hmm. take time to observe all the different variables, use discernment, and and then try to make an accurate judgment from that but you know uh hopefully you guys enjoyed this content you know uh be sure to you know check us out on like itunes spotify you know we're on all those other uh platforms as well for podcasts uh and you know if you're interested in any of our services different things that we offer you can visit uh, us at the wizardfactory.com and check those out but this is going to wrap this one up and until next week guys uh be empowered be inspired and be encouraged Thank you for listening to the Wizard Factory Podcast. We hope you'll join us again next week as we continue to explore deeper understanding of the universe and ourselves.